What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? The NHL Divisional Finals are in full swing, and our man Ryan Lake joins us to discuss what's happened thus far and how he sees each series playing out. It's springtime, but we're taking to the ice with Ryan Lake on Sports 360. Well, I'm joined today on Sports 360 by Ryan Lake. Ryan is founder of Beyond the Playbook, and he is our hockey expert. And he joins us today to talk about the second round of the 2019 NHL playoffs. Ryan, how are you today? Doing great. And thanks. Uh, really thrilled to be back and talk about the exciting uh, NHL playoffs that are going on. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back. Um, really appreciate our chat. I, um, you know, appreciate all the the knowledge you bring concerning the the game, the players, and 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 all of that. And I want to um, jump right in because the NHL playoffs have been interesting so far. We've had our share of upsets, and um, want to get your take on all of that um, as we look at the four series that are currently going on right now um in the division finals and um i'd like to start out in the in the east i mean we have carolina and the islanders and also uh columbus blue jackets and the boston bruins but let's start first with uh carolina and the new york islanders because there carolina has a 2-0 series lead as they head back to carolina and i would imagine for some that might be a surprise, but um, why don't we start with that series? Tell us how you see that one so far. Yeah, this has been a really uh, closely fought, uh, really competitive series so far. Uh, you know, there's been lead changes in overtime. Uh, Carolina's gotten the best, uh, better end of it, <clears throat> which some people might think is surprising because of their, you know, wild card seed. Um, but they really – you know, had to fight their way to get into playoffs. And then they went seven games in the last series against the Capitals who won the Stanley Cup last year. And, and game seven went to double overtime. So they've really fought for everything they've gotten. Um, and I think that's really elevated their level of play, uh, which is kind of taken the Islanders by surprise a little bit. Um, you know, the Islanders swept Pittsburgh uh, in the first round, which really not too many people saw coming. Um, but then they were resting for about a week and a half waiting for Carolina to, to finish off the caps. And so they kind of were a little rusty and haven't really found their legs quite yet. Um, but they find themselves in a really difficult position going back to Carolina down to zero. Um, it's, you know, it's been really exciting. And one thing that, you know, last night when Peter Morazic went down with an injury in the second period, you know, I think everybody kind of thought the Islanders would wrap up this game and, and tie it. Uh, tied the series 1-1, um, which would have been great for the Islanders and put them in a really strong position going back to Carolina. Uh, but Curtis McElhaney came in and was stellar, and uh, he didn't allow – I don't believe he allowed a goal uh, in his performance. And, you know, Carolina was able to come back and, and uh, beat beat the Islanders in the third period. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the point you make about the Islanders, you know, making short order of, of the penguins and, you know, having the opportunity to rest, which on the one hand is good, but on the other hand, you know, you're talking about inactivity, at least in terms of gameplay. And meanwhile, Carolina goes through seven tough games, including the double overtime, as you said, in the final game. And, you know, they're on top of their game. They're sharp. Um, and, you know, the Islanders coming out of a, a bit rusty. And you mentioned that uh, Carolina, you know, as, as a wild card. And one of the interesting things here, Ryan, and we, we spoke about this a minute ago offline, is all four wild cards have advanced, um, which is, you know, I would imagine something that probably hasn't happened too many times before. And so we have Carolina as one of the wild cards and they're sitting with a 2-0 series lead as they head home. And then we have perhaps, um, you know, the wild card that had the biggest storyline in the first round, and that is the Columbus Blue Jackets because they swept Tampa Bay and are now knotted up at 1-1 with the Boston Bruins in, in their division series. So um, why don't you talk about that one and, and maybe give us your, your thoughts a little bit about how Columbus even got here with the sweep over Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the most exciting uh, second-round series that we have. Uh, you know, Columbus, you know, really struggled during the regular season to find their identity and, and come together as a team. They made four big trades at the deadline, bringing in Matthew Shane and Ryan Dezingle, um and, and a couple other guys. And, you know, the, the chemistry wasn't really quite there. They They played good enough to kind of stumble their way into the last spot in the East for the playoffs. And going into the Tampa series, you know, everyone assumed Tampa would take care of them in, in four or five games. It would be a pretty easy series for Tampa. But, you know, they really shocked the hockey world and shocked Tampa. Uh, they swept them, uh, really dominated every single game against Tampa. Uh, you know, Matthew Shane, who's an un unrestricted free agent after this season, uh, is currently leading all unre unrestricted free agents in the playoffs, uh, which is something that's really surprising looking at his past record he he hadn't scored a goal in the playoffs up until this year um and, and so you know he's really finding his game he's really gelling really well with Panarin and Atkinson um and, and so the Blue Jackets are operate they're probably the hottest team in the league and, and operating at a really high level uh you know by sweeping Tampa Bay they they also had about a week and a half off of pretty much doing nothing. Um, you know, I, I think they took about a week off of practice. Uh, and so when they met in the first game against Boston, you know, they kind of ran into a buzzsaw a little bit. Boston had just finished up seven games with uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, really contested um, competitive series, uh, hard hitting, high, high pace, you know, in Boston, they kept their intensity up. They won that first game uh, of, of this of the second round against Columbus. Uh, but unlike the Islanders, Columbus was really able to fight back in, in the second game and, and tie up the series, really stealing back home ice advantage as they go back to, to Columbus uh, for the next two games. And, you know, I, I think the Blue Jackets are a team that 
are still being discounted and kind of overlooked, but, you know, I, I think they might be uh, the most dangerous team at, in the East right now. Them and Carolina uh, are, are the two I see going to the conference finals. Um, and, you know, I think, I think it's going to be a really contested uh, series with Boston. Uh, but in the end, I think the Blue Jackets are just, they have the belief in the, and, uh, you know, they're just playing at such a high level that I think they'll be able to overcome the hard hitting, uh, dominant uh, physically dominant Boston mm-hmm. so um, what I find interesting there Ryan is that you, you kind of slipped in a couple of predictions there I know that the prediction game is not you know not your preference but you kind of let it out that you think <laughs> Columbus will take that one and Carolina will uh, will take care of the Islanders I was going to come back toward the end and see if what if, if you wanted to you know look into your crystal ball and, and let us know how this series would turn out um but you surprised me so um okay so if that's the case i can rub my hands together here and look forward to two more predictions as we go out west but <laughs> uh duly noted you believe carolina and columbus will advance to the conference finals in the east um, now, out west, we have uh, the Dallas Stars and the St. Louis Blues and also the, the Avalanche and the San Jose Sharks. But let's start with Dallas and St. Louis. That series also is tied up at one. How do you see that one so far? And how do you see that one playing out? You know, this is um, the Stars in the regular season weren't necessarily known as a highly defensive style team but in the playoffs they you know have really uh really found their defensive game and they had a really defensive style game against a series against nashville they ended up beating nashville in six games um and you know st louis just got done with a really high offense fast-paced series against winnipeg where they beat winnipeg in six games and so both teams had about the similar um, amount of rest between series the styles are, are pretty different. The stars can, uh, you know, with Sagan and Ben and Radulov, they can score at will. Uh, but when they play this defensive style game, they're really, really difficult to beat. Uh, and the, I think the Blues are, are trying to figure out how they can get through that neutral zone uh, and keep their, their speed up uh, to really play the style they want to play. Uh, and they're having a bit of a challenge with it so far. Uh, you know, this, the Blues came out on home ice, won the first game, uh, but the Stars really played their game and, and were dominant in the second game. And now the series is going back to Dallas, where they have a really strong home ice advantage. Um, so, you know, even though St. Louis has Jordan Bingington playing unreal, uh, you know, especially for a rookie um, in, in goaltender, I, I think this series is probably going to go Dallas's way. And I think it's really because you know, they play that defensive style, but then they have these superstars that can score uh, when they get the opportunity. And, you know, I, I think as the stars, again, are a wild card team. And I think, you know, I'm kind of jumping on these wild card bandwagons, I guess. But I, I think the stars are going to pull this one out probably in seven games. But I do think the stars get past the boys. Wow. And and again, and, and I had mentioned earlier, Ryan, that, you know, with the four wild cards, you know, advancing to the division, um, 
the division finals. Um, has that ever happened before, as far as you know? Well, this format uh, with the wild card is is relatively new in the last five or so years. Um, but prior to the, the introduction of the wild card, you know, we had eight seeds. So the uh, LA Kings, I believe in 2010, around 2010, you know, they were an eight seed and they went all the way and they won the Stanley Cup. So that's, that's similar to the, say, if the Avalanche win the Cup this year. Um, so, you know, things of that nature have happened. We've never had all four of the lowest seeds get this far uh, and, and then play this well. Um, Okay. So it, you know, it makes for a very, you know, very exciting tournament. It also breaks everyone's brackets. Sure, of course it does. All right, so you you um, are going with a third wild card with Dallas over St. Louis. Now, I heard you kind of sneak in there um, when you were talking about the Kings. You know, winning as an eighth seed. You said that would be like Colorado winning this year, and you know, the fact that you're from Denver um, and you're talking about Colorado winning, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. Um, <laughs> it's not that you're rooting for them or anything, right? It's just, that just happened to be coincidental. But let's go to that series, Colorado and San Jose. Obviously, a lot to talk about there, um, not just with that series, but also with the prior series between San Jose and Vegas and how that ended. Why don't we start there? Uh, what are your thoughts on how the Golden Knights got ousted um, in their final game against San Jose? What, what, what are your thoughts about that? You know, as, as someone that, um, you know, as a fan, but also really studies the game and the business side of the game, I, I found it really really frustrating game seven between Vegas and the Sharks. And it was a culmination of really a trend we've seen all playoffs of inconsistent and bad refereeing. Um, you know, it was Vegas was up three, nothing with 10 minutes left in the third. Uh, and then there was this, a controversial hit. Unfortunately, Joe Pavelski ended up with, you know, a pretty uh, serious injury and was bleeding from his head. Uh, but if you look at the actual play, there, there was maybe a minor penalty. Uh, but the referees, uh, you know, they clearly didn't see it. They didn't make the call until, you know, after Pavelski was taken off the ice and the Sharks were, were pleading their case for a call. And then they ultimately went to the extreme uh, and they ended up kicking out a player for Vegas and then giving the Sharks a five-minute power play, uh, which allowed the Sharks – you know, really to get back in the game, uh, they they scored four goals in those five minutes. You can you can't blame really anybody but Vegas for letting up those four goals, but you know it just created this this buzzsaw that Vegas was entering into that uh, they they really couldn't compete with that intensity being in San Jose for that game and the captain the Sharks just going down with an injury and then the Sharks having this five minute five minute power play. Um, you know, and then the Vegas was able to tie it up. It goes to overtime, uh, and ultimately the Sharks win uh, in the overtime, <clears throat> knocking off Vegas. But it, you know, it was just a really—it's uh, difficult to see games decided by referees when 
you know, the call is borderline or incorrect. And then, you know, two days afterwards, the NHL came out and apologized to, to Vegas, saying it was the wrong call. Uh, they made a mistake. Um, you know, I think that in some ways makes it worse. Uh, you know, from the fan side, you know, it's difficult to watch that and, and uh, not really know what, how how games are going to be called. And then from the business side and really looking at it from, from that perspective, you know, it's hard to see the Vegas players go out on a bad call. And, you know, every player that plays in the playoffs is awarded a certain amount of money by the NHL for how far they go into the playoffs. And so they were really, those players were really robbed, one, of the opportunity of playing and, and, and trying to win the Stanley Cup, but also that additional money that they would have earned. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's just, a, it's a hard situation and, and something I, I never like to see. I like to see, you know, the players decide the game and the referees, you know, call a penalty that's obviously a penalty and, and, and give it the appropriate punishment. Um, right. Yeah. And, and you alluded to this as well, though, that what, in, in fairness as well to the referees, um, you know, it was Vegas that gave up the four goals in five minutes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. Bad call was made but there's still hockey to be played and you know um credit san jose or blame vegas for what happened in those five minutes in terms of the four goals being uh scored by san jose but um i get your point i mean certainly you know the bad call led you know opened the, the door to that you would you would think but um at the same time vegas has a three goal lead and and, and let it slip through their hands um the only thing I would say too uh, to uh, on on this is, you know, the apology by the league two days later. I agree with you. I think that makes matters worse. Um, we see it in in all the sports now. You know, the last two minutes of the NFL, the last two minutes of the NBA, and you know they give, you know, the the league will t- will give their take on calls that took place in the last two minutes and. And and I get it. They want transparency and accountability, I guess. But um, sometimes I think those things make matters worse. And I think that's certainly what happened here. Um, but be that as it may, we now have the Avalanche and the Sharks. And um, this series is also tied up at one. And um, again, how do you see it so far? And, and who do you think will prevail in this series? Yeah, I mean, I think this is, you know, probably the best matchup in the West. Um, the Avalanche, you know, they're the second wild card seed in the West, essentially the eighth in the last seed. Uh, they got in with, um, into the playoffs with, you know, the second to last game of the regular season. So they really, really waited to the last moment to get in. They ended up playing uh, Calgary in the first round, which was the first uh, seed in the West. And they, they beat Calgary in five games. It's, you know, a pretty similar story to the Columbus Blue Jackets beating Tampa Bay. Calgary was the second best team in the in the entire league. Um, Nathan McKinnon was, you know, the superstar for the Avalanche was really unstoppable against Calgary. San Jose has found a way to slow him down. Uh, he hasn't been quite uh, the threat in these first two games. The second game, he really kind of he found a way to, to create some other opportunities from other players. Uh, but he hasn't been able to dominate the way he did against Calgary. 
the Avalanche also brought in, you know, a 20-year-old uh, defenseman, Cal McCarr, who just won the Hopi Baker for college hockey, which is essentially the Heisman Trophy uh, for college hockey. And his UMass Minutemen lost in uh, the national championship game. Uh, and then the day after that, he signed his deal with the Avalanche, uh, played a couple of games in the Calgary series. And, um, you know, he's been really noticeable playing really well in the San Jose series so far. And they paired him up with Sam Gerrard, who's also 20 years old, uh, last night. And those those two players, um, you know, probably the youngest in the series, both playing defense on the same line. You know, it was exciting. It was, uh, if you're an Avs fan, it was probably a little terrifying at times, having two two young guys back there. Uh, but they, they can skate really well. And, and the Sharks really had a hard time with their speed uh, and their creativity. And then the Sharks, you know, coming off that, that win, that overtime win in game seven against Vegas. They have, and they're, they've really uh, rallied around Joe Pavelski and his injury and have this rallying cry. They also you know, have Joe Thornton, who's 39 years old. He's never won a cup, uh, future Hall of Famer. So they have, they have a lot of these emotional rally cries, uh, and, and they're playing really well. Um, you know, the first, the first game against the Avalanche, they, they, they controlled play and really dominated. And then the second game, Colorado was really able to find, you know, a way to be uh, find their opportunities, capitalize on them, and, and play some better defense. You know, I, I think this is probably going to go seven games. Uh, it's, for me, it's the hardest one to call uh, who's going to win. Um, you know, I would love to see my avalanche go on, but I think the Sharks are probably a better team and would probably close, close the ads out in seven. Wow, I did not expect that one, Ryan. You 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 threw me a curveball. I know we're talking hockey, but you threw me a curveball on that one. Um, <laughs> so okay, so uh, you think San Jose in a tough seven gamer uh, will come out on top there? So just to recap, you um, have uh, the Hurricanes over the Islanders, the Blue Jackets over the Bruins. Uh, the Stars over the Blues, and the Sharks over the Avalanche. Um, but, of course, the games have to be played, um, and we'll see, you know, how things transpire as we go forward. But, um, uh, you know, it has been exciting so far. I think we're going to continue to see some good hockey, and um, uh, I appreciate you being able to take some time out of your schedule to – you know, take a look at these series and break them down for us. And so, uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on again. And, um, you know, when we get to the conference finals, I uh, hope to have you back and we can talk about those as well. But in the meantime, uh, enjoy the games and um, look forward to catching up with you um, once we reach the conference finals. Thanks, Jeff. I, I always love talking hockey with you and, um, you know, thrilled that you asked, asked me to be back on so anytime anytime you want to talk hockey i'm all about it yeah and you're being kind i mean you're talking hockey i'm listening <laughs> 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 but uh i i appreciate it though ryan and i look forward to having you back um once we get through these series and 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 make it to the conference final so thanks again thanks jeff okay bye